It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. All right. Hello. Welcome to the program. This is Tom Littleton, and I have Jason Hallcock sitting in with me here in studio. Welcome. Hello. 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 And we got Andrew in there in the control center. He's back behind the glass. He doesn't have to talk if he doesn't want to. But uh, we're glad you joined us. And uh, Greg Davis is obviously not here. Uh, Sorry if you're um, uh, joining uh, the program in hopes of hearing uh, more of Greg's wisdom. But he will be back. Um, He's uh, uh, currently out. So we appreciate the chance to be with you and uh, today to um, uh, bring some topic of discussion. Remember um, what we're about here, good news and Christian values here on Priority Talk. You're on WXJC. Uh, and that's a 101.1 FM. We appreciate that you would take the time out to join us and uh, that you would uh, participate today. If you want to call in, we've got a great number uh, line. You can call 205-941-1011 and uh, give us your two cents worth. So I want to share a scripture kind of to launch us today uh, into our discussion uh, we're going to be talking about um, about healing, about divine healing, about uh, uh, an obvious need in most people's lives, in uh, many Christian lives today. But it's also kind of a topic that uh, brings about a lot of uh, discussion, a lot of theological back and forth, and some controversy, yeah. uh, strangely enough. Uh, but I want to start off with this scripture um, and just a reminder of uh, the motivation of Jesus in his ministry, Matthew nine thirty five through 38. It says, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. You know, uh, you would agree uh, as uh, having been a pastor, uh, Jason, having been in ministry and worship uh, leading uh, your uh, entire calling. That's really the call for us is to be um, uh, to be engaged in the harvest. Right. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Absolutely, and and you know the heart that was moved with, with compassion. There's there's needs everywhere, and uh, and and there's a need for for Jesus for sure, especially in this this time and as we live, um, and as we're all called in ministry, you know, not just the one in clergy, to to share that good news. Yeah, I agree, and you know, the, as we move through this topic and kind of the ins and outs, uh, and uh, and strangely, as I said, the controversies surrounding it, I would say, you know, this is sort of our anchor that um, we know that Jesus did what he did, 
as recorded in you know in 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 his uh, in the gospels his ministry he did what he did because he was moved with compassion yes and you know the church uh needs that same clear motivation because we live in a needy world a needy time and people are looking you know for direction i, I noticed an article this was a little strange uh it was in um uh, the um, here it is in uh, Christian Post today. It said Americans' faith in the church and public schools uh, flounders near all-time lows. A mm. survey. This was a Gallup poll, and I thought it was interesting. Of course, they're seeing these as institutions within the culture. Yeah. That uh, this Gallup poll uh, of over a thousand uh, uh, American adults back in June. It showed that the confidence in the church uh, and those who have a great deal of confidence in the church as or organized religion, so that's pretty broad uh, criteria, um, was at 32%. Mm. Uh, and it had a historic low was uh, in 2022, that was 31%. And then uh, uh, in 2021, 37%, but it's hovering below, you know, around about a third. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's significant in our culture. And, uh, and then, of course, they're talking about public education. Uh, they said that was uh, around 26% <laughs> of, of confidence. But, hey, yeah. man, I mean, look what's been going on in the schools and, <laughs> you know, yeah. are people losing confidence? Well, uh, you know, it's kind of self-inflicted wounds. But in the church... I think sometimes people's need is falling secondary to, um, you know, to uh, theology, systematic theology, yeah. and also just to all the back and forth uh, that that often takes place uh, w- within the church, and uh, even on the issue yeah. of uh, people of human need and on the issue of healing in particular. Do you agree? I do, and you know, the, the thing is, the church is built up of people, fallible people just like everyone else i mean and that's the the, the problem is uh there's the, the infrastructure if if the, if the heart is not compassionate like we've just kind of opened up with then you lose focus and we know what happens when you lose focus when you lose focus you sink i mean we, we see it in the gospel when peter stepped out on the water he was doing good until he got his eyes on the storm started looking around and didn't have his eyes on jesus therefore he went down and uh, that's what's happening. I believe our eyes have gotten off of the very, the focus of why the church is who the church is, and therefore people have lost their confidence, and rightly so. Yeah, you know, a lot of us uh, we we tend to be great at analysis, but you know, uh, analysis that comes from a disengaged person uh, means less and less. I think uh, to me, or I at least realize, uh, you know, in my own life that you know my my objective analysis, uh, you know, it, it needs to be subjective to the Word of God, and right. it needs to be subjected to the reality that's around us. And so sometimes when we're kind of armchair quarterbacking yes. on these issues, you know, it, it's obvious we're going to miss some of the greater truth and the truth is there's there's a lot of pain and and a lot of people hurting and so when we look at the bible and what jesus brings through clearly through the new testament there's a there's a lot of promise that we're falling short on and um and you know obviously there's a lot of issues that factor in on this you know people's faith to believe and then uh you know just uh the different uh Christian groups, different denominations approach to these issues. Yes. And then uh, sadly, I think um, 
you know, the, the again, the failure to have compassion and realize that those are need. But I think we're at a time. I mean, and I have family in healthcare industry, and I'm not uh, averse to doctors, and right. you know, and, and I don't think that's what we're talking about with no. divine healing at all. But uh, you know, sometimes you know we're beyond the reach of the, of medical expertise, yes. and that we can be facing things that are insurmountable, terminal, yeah. Yeah. even. And uh, so, where is it that faith picks up, and where where God intervenes? Yeah. Well, you know, doctors practice. God does it. God's God's perfect, and you know it's not to talk against you know modern medicine and all the things. Matter of fact, if you look at the Gospels, one of the Gospel writers, Luke, he was a physician, and so there's a lot to be said with that. But we have to we have to understand that uh, you know it takes takes years for faith to be built up, and just moments for faith to be lost, and that's that's mm-hmm. it's it's uh, tragic, and maybe unfair. But it's the truth, and yeah. and you know, think about it. You know, you you uh, in a relationship, whether it's a husband and wife or just friends, you know, you t- you build that trust and that faith in one another, and then uh, one mistake, and it really takes you back. and And I think that's what happened with uh, a lot of the churches that they've misguided or they've fumbled or made a mistake, and and people's faith in in the system. Uh, I don't think the faith in God, you know, because I think that's what it, the, the article said it was yeah. in, in the church. Uh, but unfortunately, we as the church are a representation of God. Yeah, and that's that's really uh, something we need to be sobered and, and uh, about and remember. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, you're here with us on a Priority Talk Live uh, with Tom Littleton and Jason Hallcox uh, sitting in for Greg Davis. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Hey! All right, you're back with us on Priority Talk Live. This is Tom Littleton with Jason Hallcox in the studio and uh, Andrew driving the bus. 
And uh, we're on uh, WXJC. You can find it on WXJC Radio. You can find us at 101.1 FM and also on PriorityTalk.com and on Facebook. They don't have the cameras in the studio, and that is a blessing yes. for those who are who are listening today. Yes. Um, so uh, we will remain at least uh, um, visibly um, hidden, right. and uh, you can just listen to us. But we're, we're glad you're here. We're glad you uh, took this time out to join us. We're talking about healing today about divine healing and uh it, it's it is as i said a sometimes a controversial Absolutely. subject i want to put this verse in which um jason i know you're really familiar with this um from isaiah 53 it's just one of the most powerful and beautiful verses uh in the bible a messianic um yes. Uh, 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 chapter from the um, book of Isaiah. It, it's uh, titled in my little Bible, it's called The Sin-Bearing Messiah. Hmm. Uh, starting in on verse 3, it says, he, was dis- he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, but we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. One of the most powerful, mm-hmm. beautiful yes. messianic chapters in uh, the prophets, and the Isaiah, the whole book of Isaiah reads like uh, a, a an Old Testament gospel. It's just right. so full of this. But yeah. um, that chapter in particular, it's a real standout for people, and uh, uh, I, I love it, and uh, I, I live by it. <laughs> because yes. you know we're thankful that that we know our sins can be forgiven Absolutely. That that's what the cross is about but isn't we were talking about this on the way over that people can accept forgiveness of sins yeah. but the the rest of it that's clearly implied in the scripture yeah. uh, the uh, miraculous uh, the healing the meeting of physical needs uh, actually, and we'll talk about this more later because doctrinally it's approached as to whether or not healing is uh, is part of the atonement. Right. And um, so I think we we do have some answer in the scripture from that, but there's a lot of talk about that. And then, you know, and then, of course, one of the things that makes it controversial is you have like faith healers, you know, yes. uh, and these big healing crusades and things like that. Uh, and so people are really confused, but... In the meantime, a lot of people are in need, and a lot of people are suffering. And according to God's own word, Jesus has come, and he's very aware of that suffering. Yes. You know? And he was willing to step in. Uh, Hebrews uh, 2.17, it says, Therefore, in all things he was made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation or atonement for the sins of the people. So... Jesus is acquainted with suffering, just as Isaiah said. So, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's beautiful to see. And Isaiah was was multiple years before Jesus came on the scene, as far as in the flesh. It was a foretelling, like you said, the prophecy. And it's beautiful to see uh, Jesus. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about how we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched by the feelings of our of our pain, of our infirmities. Uh, he's tempted in all those ways, but yet he found guilty in none. And so we have that 
um, they have we have that benchmark to go toward, but we also have somebody that knows. Yeah, he knows he's acquainted with grief and sorrow, and therefore um, it, we can we can go to him with our pain and our with our petition, and we can go to him with our our complaints, with our with our with our needs, and he, he's not like well. You know, I'm I'm this I'm up in this big high chair, and I don't know what you're you're feeling or you know, what you're talking about. And he's so not out of touch. He's not out of touch, and I think that's a lot. A lot of people, um, you know, they they God is 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 God, and and and, and Christ is His Son, and so we uh, we have we have a uh, an advocate through that Father and through that through, through His Son who who walked this earth. I, I believe that's you know the sole purpose. He he came and he lived just like we did. Breathe. He was he was fully human. Fully, fully God. It's hard to wrap our brain around that, but it's true. And the truth is that uh, He knows what we're going through. He knows the pain, yeah. and and so we can. You know, it's like when you're talking with someone, and you, it's. It, I get, I get kind of tickled. They said, you know, you have someone giving marital advice. Well, are you married? No. Well, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to take a whole lot of advice from a guy <laughs> that's never been married. Yeah. Or, or even raising your kids. You know, uh, teenagers are hard, to, hard to to raise. Well, how many teenagers do you have you ever had? Well, I don't have any teenagers. I don't have kids, hmm. and so the expertise is not really there. They're, it's all theory, right? It's all theory, <laughs> and it's all paper. And maybe there's some good advice in there, but I want to know somebody that's been through it. Yeah, you know their theories saying? have been tested. Yes, yeah. and so you know, I don't, I don't, I never, never trust a skinny cook. You know, you, yeah. you just never know. <laughs> I've never heard that one. I mean, that makes sense, but I've never heard that. But you know, I mean, in all truthfulness, you you want the cook to be. Hey, it looks like he's eating a couple of those those meals that he's pumping yeah. up. Well, there. I definitely want him to taste it before he serves it to me, right? Absolutely, like a cup bearer, <laughs> sure. But the truth being of the matter is, Jesus, he knows. Yeah, and and, and, not, and not only because there's he's no God, doubt about that. Yeah, not yeah. only because he's God and is 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 you know all knowing, he 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 was tested in all the ways, and so we can, he he, he took the pain and he took the shame and took uh, a beating and uh, and so we we can go to him and he 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 has the answers yeah. for us. Yeah, you know it says that he endured. Yes. such contradiction of sinners that's the right. king james way and when you look at jesus experience during ministry i mean people were at him all the time people with needs people with 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 some beef you know people oh, yeah. ready to entrap him you know trying to ask questions that were yeah. that were basically engineered to trap him to get him in trouble yeah. and so you know just like the paying tax to caesar and you know i was i was talking about that to some kids today yeah. Uh, in in um, my son's camp, but you know the the sad thing is that uh, uh, without realizing that Jesus has made Himself that accessible, we're missing a big part of the gospel because oh, yeah. the fact that He is a faithful High Priest, the fact He's partaken of humanity, He did this so He could even taste of death yes. on our behalf. That that's the thing that really sets Jesus apart from. The religious status quo, the religious leaders, the gurus, the en- enlightened ones, and all the yes. people that you know that uh, you know that uh, people the, te- the you know that people tend to look to for yeah. answers. I, I was I remember this cult group that uh, moved from India, this uh, Bhagwan Shri Rajneesh, and I, I saw that there was something recently that uh, came out about this, and they were, they like set up this little faith community and stuff, and eventually they, they were building this whole city, and the whole thing collapsed. 
Uh, and it's just, I think it's a, maybe a Christian group has taken it over now. But I'm like, man, people will follow anything. Yes. And this guy would just drive through all these people with in his Rolls Royces, which he had about 90 of them. Have you ever seen this stuff? No. Okay. And he was this guru, you know, and, and he would just drive through and just do his hand, you know, oh. up and down. And everybody's just swooning over this guy. And he has the long beard and he's in, and, and I noticed over, over time, you know, back when I saw this in the news, it, it's a while ago that the guy just got more and more extravagant, but nobody seemed to notice like, Hey, you know, we're out here living communally and, and yes. eating, you know, it, it, you know, everything's scraping <laughs> by, yeah, scraping by. And while this guy's, he's like he living the life, but yeah. you know, but <laughs> uh, I always figured I would never join somebody else's cult. If I was going to be in a cult, it'd be my cult. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, is that <laughs> I, that was kind of my thinking before I was a Christian, and then after that, I was like, no, man, it's time. You know, we need to be careful and not be uh, joining this thing. But um, we need to be in Jesus, living in the truth, and forget about this cult business. Right. But. Anyway, uh, you're here with us on Priority Talk Live. This is Tom Littleton, and uh, I've got Jason Hallcox uh, sitting here. And uh, Andrew's holding up his fingers for some reason. I don't know what that – oh, oh yeah, uh, that's right. We're going to a break. But um, we appreciate you guys being with us here, Christian Values and um, uh, and Good News. That's the mission of Priority Talk, and you're here with us. You can call us, uh, and uh, we'll get to you when we come back, 205 941 one zero one one we appreciate that you took the time to join us here tom littleton and we'll be right back we want you to be a part of the show yes you to make comments or ask questions call or text priority talk at 205-941-1011 and now back to priority talk with greg davis All right, Tom Littleton uh, here with you with uh, Jason Hawcox on Priority Talk Live. We're sitting in for Greg Davis. Greg's not here. Nate is not here. So you're you're here with us, and we're glad you joined us. But um, those guys will be back, and um, we're just uh, um, along for the ride today. We appreciate that you would take your time out to be with us here on WXJC 101.1. Again, those uh, phone numbers, 205-941-1011. We're talking about healing yes. today, about divine healing, and uh, more specifically about uh, um, the, the, the promise of God and the person of Jesus uh, to meet the need of those around us. Um, there's uh, In Mark 5, uh, uh, 25 through 34, there is this uh, beautiful story of the woman with the issue of blood. Yes. This woman has had a hemorrhage for all these years, and um, it says she had spent all of her living on doctors, and she was not, not healed. And uh, so she was kind of at the end of a rope. Yeah. And, you know, there are people out there, there are people in the audience right now yeah. who have experienced this. And uh, there are times when you and I have been in those places Absolutely. At, at the end of our rope. And, you know, I think the end of the rope is probably a good place to be when it comes to faith, because when you've exhausted all the other possibilities, yeah. then you get down to, God, it's do or die here. Yeah. You know, and so this woman was apparently at the do or die, and she had one thing really right. She knew who Jesus was. Yes. And she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, uh, then I'll be healed. That was faith in yes. her heart, welling up, and, and, and she, she, she knew it. And 
And then, of course, when she does touch him in this throng of people, yeah. he he's not worried about all those other people. But there is something. This is this is the powerful thing to me. It's that unspoken thing. Jesus felt that touch. Yes. And he says, who touched me? And then the disciples are like, really? Really, man? I mean, in this throng and all these people, and you're saying, who touched me? You know, who didn't? Right, you know? right. <laughs> and, but no, he says, basically he's saying, no, somebody really somebody. touched me because I've felt the virtue go from me. And and there there wasn't even eye contact in no. this one. Think about that. Yeah. And this woman is, is healed. And uh, so it's very powerful. And and we say we believe the Bible. Well, man, this is right here in the heart of the New Testament. Yes. So um, I know you've had that experience in your life where you were at the yeah. now or never, do or die, you know, crunch time yeah. in your faith. Would you share some of that with us? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's been quite a journey over the last, I guess, around eleven months. Uh, last, uh, I'd say it started in August of last year. I had. Uh, some pain in my my left foot and uh, my left foot started swelling I thought it was plantar fasciitis so I started rigorously going after it like taking a frozen bottle of water and rolling it doing all kind of things I got a sock a compression sock and and nothing really seemed to to work Uh, I was uh, your average male I was stubborn didn't go to the doctor and uh, what are you saying about our I you know I'm one of them so you know I can talk I can talk about us and so I, I was I was stubborn to the fact uh, to the point of uh, I was in severe pain and not to go into great detail and to gross anyone out but uh, my my foot started to to deteriorate my left foot uh, the heel and skin started coming off and finally I broke down and I went to the doctor and uh, the emergency room emergency room as a matter of fact and uh, at that point they they said uh, how long have you been diabetic and I said five minutes I don't know. I did not realize I was at that level. They said, your sugar's over 650. I didn't know what that number meant, but that was walking dead. They said, your A1C was 17. And they said, "Uh, you should be feeling this. You're not feeling this? I said, not really. And so over the next 24 hours, the doctor started looking at me. There was an infection running up my left foot into my leg going toward my heart. So they had to look at me and say, we're going to have to amputate, and we'll save as much as we can. And so they, over the next eight days, I had four surgeries, and uh, they kept wor- working up my leg, getting the the infection, and trying to manage all the things that were going on, and finally butting me up after eight days, five inches below my left knee, and here I am. I'm laying in the hospital, and I just, it was like a car accident, really. It just happened kind of overnight to me. And uh, everything started progressing as far as I was getting some things in line. And then I spent, uh, went home and spent a month. Everything was good. And then I took on uh, fluid. They didn't understand where it was coming from. And I gained about 60 pounds. Now, I, we saw you during yeah. this time, and yes. we were really concerned about you. And, a, and a, uh, a nurse friend of ours who's a doctor of nursing, teaches nursing, she, she saw you. She was very concerned. So th- this was critical mass. I mean, this, yeah. this was uh, a serious becoming life-or-death situation. I couldn't breathe. Uh, so I, my left foot's gone. I couldn't breathe. And uh, my family physician said, go check yourself in the hospital. So I go in. They say, you have double pneumonia. You have COVID, you have uh, 
congestive heart failure. You're, you're, we don't know where this fluid is coming from. Could be coming from your heart. Could be coming from your kidney. We don't know. And so over the next couple of days, they try to figure out what they're going to do. They run a needle through my left lung and drain a liter of fluid out. Everything's working out pretty good. I'm starting to, you know, regulate a little bit. And then all of a sudden, I wake up in a pool of blood about 3 o'clock in the morning. And wow. every nurse that came in, the doctor came in, none of them had good poker faces. They were shocked. I mean, when, when a doctor comes in and looks and turns around and runs out, you know something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, and so... I was at, I was at critical mass. I was in, I was in, in, in bad shape, and I, I was trying to, I was just trying to recover. My sugar was out of control. Even in the hospital, they were giving steroids, and I was just out of control. And within 48 hours, I was at home. And within 10 days of that, I'd lost every bit of that 60 pounds. And uh, all I can say is, it had to be God. Yeah, it had to be God. And so over the next few months I'd started trying to you know diet I wasn't eating really bad I, my biggest vice was Dr. Pepper and Snickers bars <laughs> well I don't know Snickers bars that, that's pretty happy for me yeah well, and, and you know I, I enjoyed that kind of stuff but I, I ate fruit and nuts and whatnot and didn't overeat I was not in mm-hmm. bad shape um, I was working a job uh, I was in ministry on the weekends and working a job and I, I was you know doing everything I could uh, just to you know, stay afloat, but I, I was not feeling that effect. But over the next few months, I started recovering, and and things started happening. I was taking a bunch of medicine. You got to understand, I didn't take any medicine before. Rarely even took mm-hmm. aspirin for a headache. I uh, just did. I didn't take it. I was pretty healthy. Hadn't been to the doctor in 24 years. Mm-hmm. Had a sunburn 24 years ago, and I just hadn't been. Just, didn't have a family. I didn't have a physician. I didn't have anything like that. Had not been in a hospital, and uh, really just hit hit the wall. Absolutely hit the wall. But here's the beautiful thing: I went back to the doctor. A1C started coming down. Sugar started coming down. And in February of this year, I I, I, st- I took my last insulin shot. I was taking pills and like a, a pill for uh, diabetes and. Um, and my sugar is regulated. I took it this morning. I, don't, I only take it once a week or so. I was 100. My sugar is about 100. My A1C, 5.5, mm-hmm. which is below diabetic level. Yeah. Uh, and so all it can be explained is I, I've been touched by divine heal, healing of God. Well, I'll, I'm going to say this. Um, you had some excellent home nursing care from yes. your wife, Sandy. Yes. Bless her heart. I, yes. We saw her go into full, uh, uh, you know, uh, wife mode, nurse mode. She and is she tremendous. really did a great job taking care of you. And we were all worried, brother. We were very yeah. worried. But I think, you know, we've undeniably seen a miracle that God stepped in and intervened in what was a very life threatening. And even yeah. your stint in the hospital. Uh, at that time, you know that was um, that was so critical, and we knew everybody who was yeah. aware of what was going on was very concerned. And we only found out afterwards uh, because you were being on a, the COVID floor, you you didn't have company, and no, you terrible. were just pretty isolated. It was and um, uh, and anybody who's experienced that, you know, and been hospitalized with, w- during the pandemic and all, they can say, you know, this is this is a tough time. It's even a tough time to be in the hospital. It's yes. a tough time to be sick. Yeah, and uh, so this uh, this is significant. And you know, the man with a uh, uh, with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an argument. 
Yes. Uh, and that's one of the great things about a Christian testimony. It, it may defy all the odds, but in reality, it's in keeping with the Word of God that, yes. you know, that God does intervene, that God is merciful. God's moved with compassion. Jesus yes. is a compassionate high priest like we've, we've talked about. But uh, interview quickly before we go to a break. What's the biggest thing you've learned uh, you're like in, in a minute or, or yeah. a minute and a half, your takeaway uh, from what you've been through. God is who he says he is. He is, he is healer. Amen. And if I, you know, I, I've preached it, I've sang it, I've been in ministry over 32 years. Um, but like you said, the experience of going through a tragedy like this um, is, is not only enlightening, it, it has not shaken my faith, but it has solidified my faith in him. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of our struggles is we worry about losing our faith in trials. Yes. But trials are not meant to destroy our faith. Trials are there to, Test to per- fire. Per- perfect our yes. faith. Our faith is more precious than gold, like Peter said, and that the trying of our faith yes. uh, is something that God is willing to allow and, and put the heat on it and uh, perfect it. But we appreciate you guys are joining us here. This is Tom Littleton with uh, Jason Hallcox. We're talking about divine healing here on WXJC Priority Talk. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Priority Talk. Marketing can be overwhelming. The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205 332 3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. Hey, this is James Spann, and you're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. All right, we're not backing down either here. We're, yes. we're, we're finishing up this hour and heading into a second hour here on Priority Talk Live. This is Tom Littleton. I've got uh, my brother, friend, and um, a worshiper uh, of the living God here uh, with me, yes. Jason Hallcox. And you've joined us here on Priority Talk Live. Uh, Greg Davis is out. Nate is out. But we appreciate that you would join us. If you want to call in, get on the conversation. It is 205-941-1011. We're talking about divine healing today. And uh, I've said this twice now in this first 45 minutes, but Oddly, this is a very controversial subject. Yeah, but it is biblical that it is controversial because yeah. it was a, it was controversial in Jesus' day, and that's strange. And you know, Jesus was healing people, and you know, the, the Pharisees and kind of the religious status quo—they're a little upset about it, yeah. and uh, they said, um, "Hey, there's." There's uh there's six days y'all come and be healed you know he healed somebody on the Sabbath and you know he knew it was the Sabbath you know and they said you know you're you're breaking the Sabbath you're not of God <laughs> you know you're working and I've been in Israel I've been around some of the Jewish culture and the way that the Sabbath is interpreted even today but particularly with the Pharisees they just had set aside a lot of the commandments of God and uh, for the, keeping their own commandments yeah. and they had modified these you know not not breaking the sabbath i know when we were in israel you they had shabbat which is sabbath elevators and they stopped on every floor so they wouldn't have to push the button 
because Uh-oh. that would be considered breaking the Sabbath. But and you have like in the New Testament, the, you know, talks about they went a Sabbath day's journey. That was right. the allowable distance you could walk without breaking the Sabbath and all that. But yeah. anyway, uh, so there's this big controversy with Jesus about man, you're breaking the Sabbath. Yeah. You know, so um, you can't be of God. But um, anyway, uh, in uh, Matthew 12, there's Jesus. There's very distinct healing. They bring this guy in the synagogue with a withered hand. Yeah, and they ask him, "Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath?" Why did they ask him? So they might accuse him. Right. So, so they're trying to drive a wedge. And, let, of course, I, I'm just going to be honest, brother. This has always bugged me. What about this poor guy? Yeah. And so he's just an object lesson or he is just some tool in their uh, efforts to accuse Jesus? Yeah. This is a man in need. This is someone, uh, uh, a soul for whom Christ died and a man in need. And so they drag this guy over there. And bait and yeah, they're baiting Jesus. And he said to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not lay hold of it and lift it out? I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, how much more value then is a man than a sheep? How much more valuable is this man and and his need, yes. you know, compared to, uh, to, uh, to a sheep? And you would save your sheep, right? I mean, but anyway... He says, therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Uh, and then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. You know, here's the, here's the drum roll. Oh, yeah. He's building. He, 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 ta- he took the bait. Oh, my goodness. Um, and it was restored whole as the other. A miracle, a notable miracle in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. Right. Does that? I mean, give me your thoughts on that. I mean, as as a longtime brother, as a person who believes in healing, I mean, what's going on here? Well, it's divisiveness. I mean, it's it's really what's happening. Even even today, we have people just trying to bring division, and and the Lord hates division. He he despises it, and so they're bringing in, thinking they're 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 walking across according to the lord's precepts but they're they're bringing division and uh, and like you said over the need of the of the the individual the guy gets he gets healed on the spot well that's not even that's not even uh, the matter i mean he's he did this on the the sabbath he can't be he's got to be this got to be witchcraft right and so uh, a lot of times we we get our our eyes off of uh, really what really matters what matters most and uh, and Jesus was he he was he was going to make a point and show them is it is it easier for me to forgive sin or to heal I mean you know we see that throughout the scripture and he does both yeah so it's not either or no it's both we you know I think about the the man uh, in John nine who's born blind right here's another instance of a guy who's you know the basically. The teachings of the Pharisees and their perceived righteousness is more important than the person. Yeah. So that's that's the first that's the area you're off. You yeah, know? that's the problem. So the Jesus heals a man who was born blind. Yeah. And they've already warned everybody, hey, if you confess this guy, you know, as the Messiah, you're gonna be put out of the synagogue. 
And so they bring this guy in to examine him about this healing. Well, I don't see anybody in the room rejoicing that the guy guy. was healed. I mean, this is a major miracle. They're worried that more people are going to believe in Jesus because of this major miracle. Absolutely. And so then they bring his parents in, and they're like, well, he's, he's our son, and he was born blind, but... Uh, as to whether or not, you know, this, you know, he said, uh, he's of age, ask him. Why? Because they didn't want to be right. sticking their neck out. They didn't want to be put, you know, put out of the synagogue. It's like, hey, buddy, if it's a choice between believing Jesus, you know, walking in in the word, you know, and and uh, and having Jesus you know, walk with you or being put out, I'll just go ahead and put me out, yeah. you know. And yeah. this exchange is really incredible between this man Again, the, the guy with an experience not at the mercy of a guy with an argument, and so they're they're just pounding this guy. Who yeah. do you say he is? You know what? I mean, he, how did how did he do this? And he said, "I've already told you." You know, I mean, to get out, get out. But anyway, this is so strange to me because again, it points to the fact that they're missing out what we read in the beginning here yes. in Matthew that it is compassion that motivates Jesus to heal. Yes, it is. Com- passion and the fact that he is a faithful high priest and he's he's meeting us in our need i mean you you yeah absolutely and and what happens is he came to he didn't come to disregard he came to fulfill the law Mm -hmm. and so i think they missed the whole point of you know and they're still many of the jews are still looking for the messiah Mm -hmm. they don't believe that he came and because he did not come in the package they thought he would come in he didn't come in, 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 in the way that they thought he would come. Yeah. And, and so they were deceived. They deceived themselves, really. Well, do you agree that this kind of uh, faithful unbelief can be practiced even in the church today? Oh, I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's rampant. Happening. It's rampant uh, because I think uh, a lot of people have gotten their, uh, their, their mind and their eyes on their agenda and what they they want to fulfill and and in you know they're well-doing people i really do believe that some of these folks that are they're deceived they're they they mean well but 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 when you bring in christ he he overturns the basket he overturns uh our, our even your own theology uh hmm. he messes he messes with what you think uh is in order i'll just say yeah. And uh, and so he is. He is. Uh, Are you trying to say Jesus is a radical? I would say yes. Yeah. Uh, and 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 anyone that, that would follow him, uh, he, he he basically says, take up your cross and follow me. Yeah. Well, who wants to take up a cross? Yeah. You know, we we want to we, we we try had, to avoid trouble at all costs. I had a, a girl ask me about that today. Young girl, she said, why does it say that? Why is it asking that Jesus must Jesus bear the cross alone? And it was on something we were talking about. And I said, well, you know, we've all got to pick up our cross, you know. And so Jesus said, I'm picking up my cross. And if you're going to follow me, you're going to pick up yours. And, uh, you know, part of that is that we have to go outside the camp and bear his reproach. And that's reality. That's hardcore reality that. You know, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was called out as a heretic and, you know, as false and and uh, uh, casting out devils by Beelzebub himself, you know. And, you know, th- th- you think about that, and yet he's saying, okay, I'm outside the camp. I've suffered outside the camp, and if you're going to follow me, you got to come outside the camp. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he's talking to the disciples uh, right before he goes to the cross. And he says, you know, I'm telling you all these things that you might have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart because I've overcome this world. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when we find ourselves in a situation like I did, you know, 11 months ago, it was trouble. I mean, we, we do everything we can to, to, to avoid trouble. We try to find a, a, a close parking spot. We, we take a road uh, that's less traveled. We, we, we go around it. But he said, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome this world. And so, um, you know, it, it is good news. It, it may look like it's not good. But God said, it's for my glory, and it's for your good. Well, to be cast on faith and no plan B, it, I mean, it doesn't feel comfortable. It, uh, it doesn't feel like, you know, the most secure position to be in, but it's really, it, it's God's ground. Yes, right? and, absolutely. Uh, and I've seen people, you know, and, and ultimately, hey, like, like Paul said, hey, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And uh, if you're going to, if, if you're going to trust God, and you die trying, uh, rather yeah. than just surrendering to unbelief. I mean, you you still got a victory, the ultimate victory. Yeah, it'll be absent for the bodies, be present, be present with, with the Lord. With the Lord. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure your faith came down to that uh, hard point too. Yes. Uh, that you, when you're faced, you couldn't have picked a worse time to get sick, brother. Oh, and, no. and you sure couldn't have picked a worse time to get put back in the hospital. You know. Oh, and 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 yet God was there, wasn't He? From oh. from the depths of hell, um, you cried, and He was there. Absolutely, very uh, present help in the time of my need. Yeah, and you know that's that's our assurance. Yeah. And for anybody out there who's uh, been listening in, and you're suffering, or you know someone who's suffering, we have a faithful high priest. Yes. We have a compassionate Savior. We have someone who never overlooks our need and um thank god for that that we have someone who um you know who when we take our complaint uh he understands and um you know sadly i think for a lot of us we're going to have that uh that struggle looking into um you know into the future and say well are we going to follow in faith are we going to rely on the arm of the flesh you know yeah um i appreciate that you know, God knows my frailty. He knows how hard this is. He knows how hard for us to stand our ground and be able to have the the kind of faith that that perseveres, the, yes. the faith that prays through, the faith that trusts through. Yes. You know, and that's that takes it off the works, right? You know? Absolutely. But um, faith is not big faith. My faith. Faith is big faith in. I mean, little faith, mustard seed, in a mighty God. But uh, we appreciate that you guys have joined us here. We're on WXJC uh, Priority Talk Live. We'll be right back shortly. Good news. Christian values. That's what it's all about on Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Tune in to 101.1 WXJC weekdays from 5 to 7 p.m. to listen to Greg and co-host Nate Williams discuss Christian values in today's climate, along with special guests and callers alike. I really enjoy your program, and I want to thank y'all so much. 
you're reaching more people than, than what you think. And I'm, I'm telling everyone, hey, 5 o'clock, hit 101.1. So be sure to switch to 101.1 at 5 o'clock to hear the latest on politics and culture. You can always catch a replay of our past broadcasts at PriorityTalkRadio.com or on your favorite podcast platform. God bless. It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio with Greg Davis. Priority Talk. We're back for another exciting second hour here on Priority Talk Live. We appreciate that you joined us. I'm Tom Littleton. You probably figured that I am not Greg Davis. I'm sorry if you're disappointed in the fact, but... You're here for the ride. We appreciate it. I've got uh, Jason Hawcox with me, and we've got Andrew over here driving a bus. And um, so we're glad that you would take the time to uh, join us as we talk about uh, divine healing. Yes. And uh, uh, a wonderful subject, a subject close to all of our hearts, especially if we have had uh, family in need. And um, uh, in, with the gospel, you know, we look at... Um, at the Bible as a uh, as 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 a as God's word, not as a buffet to go in and pick and choose what we right. want to believe, you know. And um, I remember as a new Christian, I looked at the word and I said, "Well, it doesn't have an editor." Oh and, wow! And I'm certainly it doesn't have a blank space where I can fill in, you nope. know, my no name. amendments. Yeah, no amendments. Uh, it, it's face value and. It's God's word because God uh, ordained it. So, and He's confirmed it. And you know, if one of the beautiful things about all the miraculous um, power that was manifest uh, in the ministry of Jesus is it is it confirms that He is who He says He is. And yes. that was your big takeaway. That's it from your from your own trials. Yes, so. and you know the fact that he, you know the Scripture says in in Hebrews thirteen and 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 eight it says Jesus Jesus is the same yesterday, today. And forever, you think that's true? I Does think, he mean it? Well, it's in the Word, yeah. so it is the truth. Uh, you know, you can look at any kind of book. You know, they've got the Bible on the computer, the Bible this, the Bible that. You know, you can go and check out certain things about, but there's only one book that's the truth, yeah. and it, and, it, and it's the Word of God. Yeah, and you know Jesus is the living Word. He is yes. the embodiment of all the promises. In the beginning you know, was the yeah. Word. The Word yeah. was God, and Word was with God. Yeah, it became and flesh. The word became flesh, and and so that's another thing about Christian faith that is so set apart from the rest. You know, and I've heard this said. You know, if you were just looking at the the different um, uh, faith options in the world and you were reviewing them on you know basically what the the story behind it and you know and, and the wisdom in right. you know in and how it's put together the complexity and everything uh, Christianity is so profound because the God 
of uh, the object of your faith has become uh, one of us taken on flesh and walked among us every the embodiment of every promise that he has ever made has become flesh and been made accessible to us so yes you know i look at we were talking about the fact that there's controversy around healing mm-hmm. and that they tried to use healing and even force sick people into Jesus uh, uh, presence you know, on on the Sabbath day to see what he would do they're laying trap you know traps for him and stuff but uh, one of the big discussions theologically is is healing in the atonement mm-hmm. atonement right. being the the, the death of, of Jesus and we've just read that in the first hour from Isaiah 53 and certainly the implication is there but many people say that well that's just you know healing for the soul that's forgiveness of sins it's not you know right. it's not the rest of the package but I wanted to read this from you, you know this um, uh, Matthew 8 is really powerful because there's a lot of healing going on yes in that chapter and then uh, uh, Peter's mother-in-law is among those mm-hmm. healed. But anyway, the 16th, 17th verse, it says that evening after he'd healed uh, Peter's mother-in-law, um, it says that evening, uh, don't you love it that there's a mother-in-law story yes. in the New Testament? And, and that's where you live, isn't it? I mean, that's, Absolutely. That's, that's real life stuff. Uh, but uh, I, I saw this article about Matthew 8, and it says, does physical he- is does uh, Matthew 8 teach that physical healing is in the atonement? Okay, now this is a guy who, uh, I, I won't say who, but he basically says no. But I want to read it, and let's just take it at face value. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with his world, word and healed all who were sick. Yes. This was to fulfill what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet in what Isaiah 53 53. he took our illnesses and bore our sicknesses and diseases yes okay Uh, okay so they're not talking about Mm -mm. the people's salvation they're talking about the people's physical healing and and of course deliverance from demons of course you know now a lot of Christians don't even believe in demons anymore Uh, that's the subject we'll get to in a minute but uh I think this is pretty black and white here, isn't yeah. it? That, that that quoting from Isaiah that those healings were taking place to fulfill what Isaiah says yes. prophetically about the role of Jesus. Yes, you know it, it says in that, in that Isaiah passage, and it says it again in Peter as well. By, by the way, mm-hmm. we were healed in mm-hmm. past tense, but it, that bore our griefs. That means sickness. That's what the Hebrew it, it bore our griefs is, is, is sickness. It's not just mental sickness. It's physical. It's all. It's a complete and total package. And so, uh, I think it mentioned that I was reading uh, just this last week. It mentions talks about sickness, but twenty four times in that New Testament, right in that area. In twenty of those times, it talk it it, it's, it means he bore the griefs of our of our sorrows and our griefs. And so, there's an exchange there. And uh, I love, like you said, I love how he mentions the mother-in-law, and she's up and serving them right immediately yeah. afterwards. Well, that's what they do, don't they? They, yeah. they got to take care of everybody, and uh, they got to make sure all these all these poor guys are fed. Right. You know, that, uh, well, when I look at this, I, again, I kind of drop back, and I'm like, what's the point of arguing against this? Right. I, I, I really, Why would you not want to believe? I really don't get it. But, um, you know, and of course, I know that they say, well, uh, people who are 
you know, deny the healing, you know, is for today or, you know, that, that these miracles have gone away. Well, miracles are miracles because they're not every every day. Right. Uh, and Jesus garnered a lot of attention through these miracles, but they weren't just haphazard, you know, no. or and he was it wasn't a sideshow. No. And he he wasn't just, you know, putting on a spectacle to to get an audience. He was demonstrating something Absolutely. much, much deeper. And I think that's what clearly uh we're being told here in uh, Matthew eight, uh sixteen through seventeen that he is doing this for this specific purpose, right. healing these people, because that's what he came to do. That's Save. the work of the Messiah. Yes. For the and, saving of many lives. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, the catalyst for evangelism that a well-placed miracle is, I mean, think about that. Yeah. And um, the I can't help but believe that a lot of what we do today is to try and make up for what we do don't possess right is that is that clear i mean is that fair to say that yeah. we try to fill a lot of the voids with theology about why there's a void right instead of trying to fill the void with with faithfulness and yeah. and taking god at his word and uh and people say oh yes i'm like you know you're you know and well my point is back to the point the reality that jesus is compassionate and he came to seek and to save those who are lost and that he's touched with our the feeling of our infirmities why would we want to discount the fact that jesus is is compassionate toward those who are suffering in in every way possible we're going to talk about demon possession in a minute i'm gonna put you on the spot when we All come right. back from uh, the break we're uh going for a break here not 205-941-1011 if you want to call in and and uh, give us your thoughts on this uh, subject. You're here on WHJC 101.1 on Priority Talk Live. Priority Talk. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. We want you to be a part of the show. Yes, you. To make comments or ask questions, call or text Priority Talk at 205-941-1011. This is Ryan Dobson, and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk, WXJC. Your love is like radiant diamonds bursting inside us. We cannot... Hello, hello. Welcome back. Tom Littleton sitting in for Greg Davis on Priority Talk Live. I've got here in the studio with me Jason Hawcox, a pastor and a brother in the Lord. And um, 
you've experienced a miracle. We're going to talk about that some yes. more shortly. Um, but uh, we're talking about miracles today, about healing and about the kind of things that uh, Christians uh, kind of struggle with over uh, theologically and and uh, we struggle with our faith. I mean, every one of us has a, a struggle with yes. our faith. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the, a crisis of faith is is, uh, is is something we often fear, but, you know, our faith is going to be tried and yes. uh, put to the test and uh, the devil's going to see to that. God's willing and, and, yes. and grows our faith by the trial. And and then we really need to be reinforced with the Word of God, and that's what we've tried to do today is yes. just step Foundation. in and say, what does the Word say about this? So, of course, there's lots of healings in the in the Bible, um, but uh, one of those uh, types of healing was uh, people who were oppressed by the demonic or possessed by uh, uh, demons, and uh, the gathering demoniac comes yeah. to mind. And there was this guy who wrote a song about that years ago, and... Um, uh, I knew some friends of friends who knew him, and uh, I, I can't remember his name. That's been 25, 30 years ago. But one of the things, he's, it's written in first person from the Gathering Demoniac's uh, uh, perspective. And he said, underneath this thing that I have become, I am a man of flesh and blood. And that always just cut me straight to the heart because yeah. you know Gadarene demoniac was a reject but he the people were tired of dealing with him he was like you know the scary individual they bound him with chains he hung out in the tombs he would break the chains he tormented the whole town and jesus comes <laughs> and he's been out with a boat ride on a boat ride with the guys and uh they've just left a bunch of miracles he's performed some miracles and then here he comes and here's here's another miraculous opportunity awaiting and it's this man of the tombs yes and that's what the name of that song was but uh, we'll get to this in a minute first we got a caller james are you there james yeah, Tom. Hey, how's it going, James Smith? We talk on Facebook sometimes. Oh, okay, good. Well, I'm glad you called in, man. Tell us uh, what you're thinking about. Um, well, i got to say, first of all, I'll send you plenty of footage of um, people being healed and all. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost almost 10 years ago, and I've been ministering healing the sick ever since, um, within about a month after that happened. Um, but I, I want to tell you, like, a few years ago I was on a mission trip around Tennessee for one year. And the first place the Lord sent me was to stay among the Mennonites of East Tennessee. And it's crazy because if you want to talk about cessationists who, like, absolutely do not believe that anything from the time of Jesus and the Book of Acts is for today, it's them. Uh, you're probably aware of that, that that's their, you yeah. know, their lifestyle and all. Well, some years before that, and I mean only a few years, they had begun— uh, I wouldn't call it a revival because they were putting people out when this happened. But nevertheless, uh, different families in different communities had started receiving the Holy Ghost. And they, you know, all of a sudden they're prophesying to people and seeing miracles and things like that. And first they tend to get pushed to the side and then they get moved to the back and then they get shown the door. And so people who very much like the Amish, because it was happening among them as well, just the plain people in general, um, all at the same time, across Tennessee and Kentucky and Indiana, where these people live, there were various families um, who were getting the Holy Ghost and starting to walk in these miraculous things, and then they were getting kicked out of their communities. And you know that community to them is everything. A lot of these people never leave more than 50 miles from their own home 
their entire life. Um, so they started having uh, home fellowships, and those became home fellowship networks. And now, um, I mean, it just goes to show you that the, it, it's an extreme example of how this is absolutely for today, whether people like it or not. And I am very suspicious, considering that uh, anybody who, you know, the days are dark. Uh, we're to walk circumspectly because the days are evil, and as it gets darker, lights are supposed to shine brighter. So anybody that's not walking and healing in their fellowship, or at least among people who are, I, I, that's a big red flag for me to just stay away from them, don't you think? Well, I, I appreciate your point, uh, James, and it is interesting that that uh, you know that uh, there's been that kind of a movement among uh, the Mennonite people. Uh, I would think that anyone who's really seeking God is going to encounter some deeper yes. reality, and you know, even in evangelism, that's what I've always—that's my calling. That's what I do, and I've always urged people: Hey, you, you need to. Be willing to open your heart to God and say, God, I, even if you doubt, you know, uh, you can pray the prayer of the father yeah. of, you know, who brought his son to the apostles and, and they couldn't help him. And he said, I, you know, I, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Yeah. I mean, we can come to God where we are. And yeah, uh, and that, that that's that's a good part. I appreciate the call, James, and uh, we appreciate uh, you listening yeah. in. Uh, now, you, uh, Jason, in your experience, what would you say uh you know having been through this near death experience yeah. i think it's fair to say and oh, then yeah. having experienced a healing in a very powerful way uh what do you think is 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 the the best encouragement you could give to someone who's still sort of on the other side of this and maybe looking to god and saying i you know i believe but help my unbelief yeah you absolutely know? you know faith and fear are are very similar feelings in other words, uh, there's an uneasiness. You know, you you you're like you're you're jumping out in faith. You, you step of faith, the leap of faith, and and so you're like you're you're afraid. Well, do I just completely do this? I I, I you know I, I urge people that are like you said on the outer edge, to to just to, to to take a step toward God, because why would you not want to believe? If you can believe Him for your salvation, which is eternal, which is the greatest miracle of all. Uh, greatest healing of all if you can trust him with that you can trust him with even with the physical the day-to-day -day. Uh, I, I really believe that uh, it, you know the the bible says to you know you 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 trust in god and and he he's faithful he's a faithful god and mm -hmm. and he and he knows like like we talked about just a few moments ago he knows what the feelings that you're going through and and he, he wants to he, he said cast your cares upon him because he cares for you yeah, that's a very solid um, assurance, isn't it? Because Absolutely. he cares for you. Uh, you know, the um, in this situation with this scattering demoniac, you know, uh, it says uh, that uh, he suddenly cried out, and when Jesus had come on the shores, and he said, "What do we have to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time?" Okay, as right. it turns out. This is the demonic manifesting through this this yes. individual, and and uh, and when Jesus commanded him, "What is your name?" He said, "My my name is Legion, Legion for we are many." And they besought him to go into the herd of swine right. and uh, not to just send them out. But anyway, and then they took those swine down the hill and drowned them. Well, 
I had a preacher when I was a fairly new believer. He said, well, you know, we, we, you know, they thought this was demon uh, possession, but we now know it's mental illness. I thought, well, that's incredible mental illness that could uh, yeah. uh, drown a herd of swine. Yeah. Um, now, something else is going on here. And, uh, you know, if you work in on the front lines and you deal in evangelism, hey, go into the prisons and the jails. And, um, I mean, I think that mental illness and um, – uh, and the demonic sort of intertwine and overlap, and, and it's not my job to sort out what is what, but uh, I've dealt with, I mean, I used to know probably two or 300, maybe 400 of the homeless people in New York on a first-name basis. I'd see them all around the city when I worked there for a decade. I knew these guys, and some of them were very, you know, had mental illness and instability and stuff, and some were downright demonic. Yeah. And uh, and there were times when you could see when they were sort of, you know, at rest and not so tormented, but other times that they would just be, I mean, completely yeah. controlled. And so I find it interesting that Christians can so quickly disbelieve and substitute uh, you know, it, it's yeah. like other other ideologies. You know, and, and and we're seeing this. You know, with with the push for what what's called theistic evolution, people are willing to subject the Bible to modern science on a level that that causes the Bible to be questioned and yes. say, well, we've got to reconcile the Bible to uh, to every to whim of science. You know, yeah. or or it can't be believed. But that's an upside down approach isn't it it's an inverted approach i mean the the word of god you think like i've heard someone say about uh, paul well paul didn't understand you know what we understand about the human psyche you know when paul spoke in romans one condemning you know the, the perversion in rome well he didn't understand sexual orientation and gender identity and poor old paul no yeah. paul is is inspired by the holy spirit uh yes. you know and writing the word of god and guess what he's living in a culture that is just like the culture that Absolutely. we're facing today and if anything we're trying to out roman romans you know and uh and yeah. where's that going to get us right uh, yeah. well it's going to get the church to the to the the, the make or breaks uh, place where we were take the word of god literally yes and we abandon all this notions you know that challenge the word of god and say i believe and i'm going to stand firm with the word of god no matter what uh the culture says no matter what else we're facing but you know we've been here we're talking about healing we're on uh, priority talk live tom littleton and um, my brother jason hawcox we appreciate that you guys would be here and we want you to call us uh, we're available take your call 205-941-1011 we got about 30 minutes left and we look forward to you coming back with us to wrap it up Hey, Priority Talk listeners, care to make a quick comment or ask a question for Greg on the air? Send the code PTR to the number 205-941-1011 to join the show's text line where you can communicate with Greg during the show. That's 205-941-1011 and send the letters PTR. Thanks for listening. And now back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. 
Welcome back. This is the last 30 minutes. Uh, we will have a little break there in the middle, but uh, it's been a fast hour and a half yes. uh, here. We appreciate you guys joining us, and um, we're here on Priority Talk Live on 101.1. Uh, I know uh, a lot of the times I'm on a more um, kind of political and cultural topic, but uh, really felt the need to uh, to felt led to speak to this issue. Uh, and, and sadly... Um, you know, within the church, it is a controversial issue, and uh, they tend to it tends to polarize people. Uh, but if you look at it from strictly a human need, and I'm going to be this is as political as I'm going to get today. Uh, healthcare is in crisis in America. Yes, right. And and uh, COVID, you know, made it worse. And it's you know, and most healthcare professionals will tell you that. And the politics of healthcare. Mm-hmm. I did a whole program one time here for Greg uh, on why you don't want politics driving your healthcare. Right. It's a real bad idea. <laughs> These things th- shouldn't no. mix. But um, you know, th- Christians. Could very well be in a place where um, where they're going to have to trust God more than they ever have, and, yeah. and I think that's why we hear a lot of the healing uh, testimonies from the mission field and from yes. other places because people have was. less of a failsafe, you know, mechanism, and and yet we're still putting faith in something. We're putting faith in our health insurance. Mm. We're putting faith in the in the doctors, the hospitals, and and I love the medical community. I have many friends and relatives in the medical community, and. And again, people um, very dedicated to taking care of human yes. need. And Christians build hospitals. Christians build um, a lot of the healthcare infrastructure that we still enjoy today. But once the politics get in, in it, this thing's being stressed yes. and um, and it's breaking down in, in ways. So, uh, if you're theologically inclined to dismiss what we're talking about today, don't be because you may be needing yeah. <laughs> your you, faith stretched. And that, okay, that was my political two cents worth for the day. But I'll just say this: uh, you know, th- th- life is precious to God, and and he f- we're fearfully and wonderfully made. He made us. So why should it be such a big thing to think? Well, God can heal me. The Bible says God does heal, and so. Uh, you know, if if I can trust God, you know, then then my faith can meet with His promise. And uh, do you agree with that? I, absolutely. You know, in the medical field, they do the best they can. I really do believe that. I, I you know, I went back to my physician that that uh, amputated my left foot, and I had not seen him since November. I saw him a couple of, about about a month ago, and he was just in awe uh, of you know. He said, let me see you walk, because you know, I had my prosthetic on. And he was like, he's a young guy. And he, he looked at me. He said, I didn't think you were going to make it. He said, I thought you wow. were going to die. And you're glad he didn't tell you that back Well, before, he, right? did, <laughs> he did He did tell my wife. He didn't tell me. Uh, he, you know, he basically gave her statistics. And, you know, statistics So really say, the doctor's confirming you, you've experienced a miracle. Absolutely. You, you, it didn't look like you were going to walk out. No, and I, and I went to uh, – had a stress test like just last week, uh, a nuclear stress test on my heart. There's a, a thing, that just not to, you know, cut the red tape on the medical terms, basically your heart pumps blood – and the the best it can be is sixty, and in January they they diagnosed me with thirty five, and they said it it's not going to get better. That's, uh, um, that's diminished, diminished, and it was going to get worse. Mm-hmm. But I went back last week, had the stress test. The doctor came back. He said, "I don't know what you're doing." He said, "But you're at a fifty five. That's that's mm-hmm. a twenty. I'll be turning. I'll turn fifty in August." They said, "You've got a heart of a twenty twenty year old." 
and you're 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 55. The average person is that's in great health is is 50. You're at 55. Well, well, I know that Sandy was taking good care of you, and yes. that you're, you've improved your diet. But that didn't—that's not how this happened. It's, it's not possible. <laughs> now, you know, you know I, I do—I truly do believe that you do the best you can. Yeah. I, I don't think you just live haphazardly. I don't think you just live life and say, "Well, God's my healer. I'll just go out and do whatever I want to." Yeah. I mean, you know, that would be presumption, not faith. Right. And so, and it's actually ignorance, really, what yeah. it boils down to. <laughs> well, we're all we're well, definitely guilty of that. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you can do everything you can, but God does the rest. And you know, basically, you're taking one step, and he's he's doing he's he's running a mile. Yeah. And uh, I, I, it's absolutely true. And, and and my my doctor looked at me and he said, "I just I can't believe the heart heart." He just I just can't believe that you improved. He said that was that's not really possible. Yeah. Well, you know, you were facing so many challenges yes. with this, plus getting used to life uh, on a prosthetic. And, oh yeah. Uh, and and uh, and I've watched you, man. You've been very dedicated to do your end of it. Yes. You know, you haven't been sitting around and waiting for, you know, for God to move or else, you know, you, you yeah. weren't passive about it. You've been very aggressive. Uh, you even cut your grass and it's on a hill. Oh, yeah. It's uh, not but, easy. But, you know, yeah. I, honestly, I, I, I and, and I'm believing for a, a miracle uh, for another foot. I mean, maybe you think I'm crazy. Maybe you think I'm nuts and whatever, but you, you'll hear about it uh, because it's, it's documented that they, they, they cut it off. And I'm believing if he can if he can grow the first, I mean he can create the first one why not why not create another? Well, you know when Jesus healed, uh, he never did it the same. Right. And uh, when he made uh, he took his spit and clay yeah. and made, made eyeball. some he made it he made an eyeball. Well, I mean so is God able to do that? Absolutely. Well, my goodness, uh, who would say that he isn't? But uh, you know, we, and we do believe the Bible, or do we? You know, yeah. or don't we? Or you know. But anyway, I, I'm not interested in trying to talk myself out of it. You know, no. uh, I was looking back more at this uh, Matthew eight chapter, and you know, Jesus cleansed lepers. Yes, he touched them. Yes, that's another very controversial <laughs> thing about Jesus and yeah. about his power to heal. Of course, leprosy was one of those things. You know, AIDS has been kind of a modern day leprosy, yeah. and I've ministered a lot. Uh, to AIDS victims and in, in in that community in in New York and uh, it's pretty horrific. Yes, uh, what the suffering that was going on, but uh, and still does in many places. But um, you know, Jesus is willing to touch the lepers. He's he's getting he's got his sleeves rolled up and he's getting his hands dirty. Yes, you know, in this chapter, and then he heals the uh, centurion servant. This is a very well placed healing because it brings out something miraculous. The you know the centurion had built them a center synagogue he'd been a good good to the jews and they're telling him oh he's a good guy you know and and he's you know he's he's been good to us and all that so he but he's saying i'm i jesus is going to come and heal him but he says look i'm 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 a man under authority yes and all you have to do is speak the, the word just like i speak the word and it's done because my i know my servant's going to do what i say so just speak the word and what did jesus say i haven't found this this kind yes. of faith this great of faith in and is this is a powerful insight into the kind of faith that responds to god that god responds to yes and this is faith that recognizes his authority Yes. Right. I mean that's that's bottom line. I mean that's what the centurion has gotten a hold of that the Pharisees and the religious leaders seem to be missing, right? Yes. That 
Jesus has the authority to do this, just like the demons recognized with the Gadarene demoniacs. Right. Like, what are you doing when here? Have you come, come to, to torment us before yeah. the time? They knew their time was appointed. They knew who he was. They yes. recognize him. So who who in the room is not recognizing who Jesus is? It's us. Yeah. You know, if, if, if we're thinking that God doesn't do this anymore or, hey, I'll just I'll just use my the- theology for a pillow that says that none of this. Are, well, until we get to the place where it's, it's push come to shove for us like it was for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, of course, thankfully, you're from a tradition where you weren't discounting these yes. things, but still when you were pushed to the brink, it was like, okay, do I really believe what I yeah. say I believe? Yeah, Christ has a faith. You know, it's, it's like the uh, – I'm reminded of the story of Peter in, in, in the they, – they come to the gate beautiful. That guy had been there. Long but most time. possibly Jesus had walked by the guy. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at the, in the interpretation of that, that word beautiful, it means right time. Hmm. It means the right time. He was at the the gate at the right time, and so when he when he went by, he said, "You know, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, stand up and walk." It was the right time, and so a lot of people wonder when is the right time for my healing. You may be out there asking, you know, I've I've been praying for years for a miracle. Thirteen years, the woman with the issue of blood took her thirteen years, and she exhausted everything she had. And she went, and she didn't, Jesus didn't touch her, she touched Jesus. Mm-hmm. She went after him in pursuit of him and who who he is. Because, see, healing is not what Jesus does. Healing is who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And that's really what Isaiah is saying. You know, this is the yes. nature of it's your Messiah. And, and all the work that he's done, this is why he did it. Yes. And, uh, and you know the the suffering servant. That's what that chapter is subtitled in some and uh, in, in my old King James Bible, the right. suffering servant. And it's just so powerful and so beautiful. And of course, we know that uh, that the New Testament is affirming that Jesus did all these miracles to fulfill what Isaiah said yes. there. So. Uh, with a, with a centurion servant, you know, I mean, that's just such a beautiful story, you know, th- that's related to a man who did get it, and yes. and he wasn't even of the Jewish faith, right. and um, you know, so I look at this from the perspective of 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 a person who is comfortable not having all the answers, yes, and I don't. I haven't taken a theological approach that I have to understand all the ins and outs and the inner workings of this. I have taken the approach that I need to take the Word of God at face value. Yes. And then I live in the real world where I see the need, you know. And I, I heard a guy say one time, you know, if I had the gifts that some of these faith healers claim <laughs> to have, I would be at Children's Hospital, not at the Civic Center. You right. Know? <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's a pretty good, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty good measure. You know, what are you doing with it if, if you if you really believe? But uh, you're here with us on Priority Talk Live. We have one more break before we end it up today. But uh, Tom Littleton sitting in for Greg Davis here with uh, Jason Hawcox. We'll be right back. Often marketing agencies make high promises with low delivery. Business owners have been burned by these types of companies time and time again. Dot Edison Marketing is built on integrity. They retain customers four times the industry average. Move past multiple vendors. Lost time, lost money. 
contact.edisonmarketing and find your marketing partner with integrity at its core. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at .edison.com. Hey, this is Alex Kendrick from the movie Courageous, and you're listening to Priority Talk on WXJC. Tom Littleton sitting in with Jason Hallcox for Greg and Nate. Uh, those guys are not around here, so we just showed yeah. up in the uh, in the studio, and you got yeah. what you got. So uh, anyway, uh, Andrew's been in here uh, running things for us, and uh, uh, we appreciate Andrew. You've done yes, a really Andrew. good job. And uh, see, he's over on the other side of the glass, and he doesn't have talk if he doesn't want to, but. He's doing all the thumbs up and the countdowns and the mean looks if, if necessary. So uh, we appreciate that you guys are joining us here on WXJC on Priority Talk uh, 101.1 FM. You can find the program uh, uh, multiple other places, PriorityTalk.com, uh, on the Facebook uh, feed. They usually do a video. And uh, also um, you can uh, find it on uh, and support the other programming here on this uh, uh, on this station. We appreciate you being in the audience and um, keeping things going here. I uh, appreciate all of our good advertisers. Greg's great, great about uh, keeping those guys in, engaged and involved and uh, doing a good job with ALCAP and with this uh, program and uh, taking on the issues that matter, the issues that matter to you as a believer and uh, the issues that matter in our culture because we're up against a lot of challenges. Yes. And, um, you know, in reality, uh, faith is going to be challenged. Mm-hmm. And um, our faith is kind of uh, back against the wall in yeah. many ways in, in our culture, in our times, in, in this generation, and, and on a global uh, level. But uh, we know when it comes to uh, healing, it, it all gets very personal, doesn't yes. it? It comes into just me and Jesus. I, I heard a, a mentor of mine said, you know, prayer is often most powerful when it is most quiet. I know when you get down to that place of your need and your faith meeting with the one who can answer, the yes. only one who can answer, it gets real quiet, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There's many times I was laying in the hospital bed uh, alone, but I really wasn't. I wasn't alone because I, I, all I had to do was whisper, and I felt I felt the Lord close to me on many occasions. I could go into details. Uh, that would really blow a lot of people's minds, but I had some had some uh, divine angelic visitations during the, my time, uh, either in the hospital or, or living in, in, in my living room uh, in the middle of the night. Um, it, I, I really believe that you know when we we trust in God, um, you know we we find it like we we've talked about a couple of times. We find it really easy to say, "Yes, I have salvation." I'm saved. I've I've accepted Christ as my Savior, and I'm on my way to heaven. Uh, but the, you know, as we live this life, He said, you know, He 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 said we have life and have it more abundantly. And I believe that that includes healing in your body. And I think there there can be a divine exchange. You know, He said, "Come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden. I'll I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light." And it's hard sometimes to make an exchange. Uh, I've uh, even through some of the things I'm still working through. I said, I, I, "God, I, I exchange my pain for your for, for for your healing, for your presence." 
and I know you're not only are you are you able to do it, but you're willing to do it. Well, you know, some of the thankfully you didn't get to the place where you needed a resurrection, right? But uh, but your faith was being resurrected yes. in that that quiet time, but. You know, we believe that Jesus can save us. Then we believe that Jesus is going to raise us from the dead. But right. we're kind of in that place with uh, Mary and Martha. Lord, yeah. you just been here. I mean, things would have if turned have out here, different. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was like, well, he is here. He was there with you. Yes. You know, and and beloved, you're listening today. He's with you and he knows where you are. He, he, he knows the hairs on your head, including the ones you left on the pillow. Yeah. And um he knows the tears. He bottles them. He puts yes. them in his bottle. And so God's compassion is is the rule of thumb here, not what I understand about this apart from what I can take him at his word and say. Now, sandwiched in here in Matthew 8 about all these healings, you know, Peter's mother-in-law and the lepers and the centurion servant and all that, there is... Um, there's this boat incident, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is we already talked about the gathering demoniac. But you know they get in the boat and uh, they're 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 out on the sea, and there's really some powerful stuff. You know, I mean, when it comes to doubt, you kind of think, who are we casting doubt on here? Yeah. You know, and who are we <laughs> struggling to believe in? And I don't mean to seem you know um, flipping about this, but sometimes I'm ashamed of my unbelief. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, and uh, so let me just read this. Now, when they got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose. Mm-hmm. It was a storm. Okay, yes. it was a storm. It was a big one. You know, and Sea of Galilee is pretty big. And these you know? guys are used to being out of the water. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These weren't these these, these weren't wimps. These weren't land lovers. These guys were fishermen. <laughs> right. And so the boat was covered with waves, and Jesus was asleep. Uh, now that tells you a lot, doesn't it? Jesus is sleeping through the storm. Okay, so he's tuned in to, to another frequency. Yes. Right? So, beloved, Jesus is not worried about the storm. Yeah. And whatever storms our lives, our culture, our nation are sailing into That's or good. in the midst of, Jesus, he's if he was here in the flesh, he'd be able to sleep through it because he's not, he's on another frequency. No he's not worried about it. <laughs> yeah, no. So... Uh, yeah, so he's asleep, and that worries them even more, yeah. right? It's like, man, how in the world do you sleep through this? And uh, so his disciples, they came walking up and said, Lord, uh, save us. We are perishing. You yeah. know, this has gotten serious, you know. And uh, so, you know, these boats are not big. No. And there's, you know, 12 guys and their, and their rabbi on yeah. this boat. It's it's kind of crowded, and he's he, the guys have gone to sleep. You know, so they wake him up and then here's his response. He said to them, why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. He wasn't uh, berating them, you know, belittling them. He's just he's just he's saying this, I think, compassionately. But matter of fact, you know, why are you of so little faith? He says, then he arose. Okay, let me stop here. They woke him up. He says, okay, where's your faith? Why are you so of little faith? Why are you troubled by this? But then this Jesus, whom we say has saved us, who believe, we believe he will raise us from the dead and we will, uh, has secured heaven for us, he got up and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Now, we say we believe that, 
right? I mean, right. that's the Jesus that yeah. we're, we're calling account of, of our faith to yes. testify for. It says, so the men marveled, and they said basically what we would say. Uh, who is this that even the winds in the sea obey him? Well, they were shocked, yeah. you know, and so I confess, you know, sometimes when Jesus comes through, I'm shocked. Yes. And, and that's that's a testimony against my faith, faith. or, or yeah. my, you know, it's it's a reality lack of my of. lack of faith. Yes. And and so here I guess I'm at the place I'm uh, I'm getting old. You can see the gray. And I got a lot of miles in ministry, a lot of miles in, uh, you know, in um, the call on my life. And uh, and really, I think a lot of people are probably in the same place when I would say. I'm weary with the trappings, mm-hmm. and and I'm tired of the excuses, especially my own. And I want my faith to be to grow, yes. and I want my faith to meet with the object of my faith, which is Him. Yes. And in my storm and my need and whatever's about to come in the future, I mean, I, a lot of people, would you agree, have a foreboding sense of things going on around us well, yeah know, there's pe- great there's great fear and and the bible says people's hearts will fail them for fear You're right for things going on in the earth there will be distress of nations and perplexity well our newscasts are pumping fear yeah everybody pumps fear but you know it says in, Se- in second timothy he's not given us the spirit to fear yeah but of what power and love, love and a sound mind and a sound mind yeah because i mean how can you watch we we've got the news on here and we've got it muted and who yeah. wants to listen to it really i mean it's uh uh but what's what's our priority the word of god or or current events well you know uh but but here's the thing like i said when it comes down to you in that hospital and room and or your living room and that need and push comes to shove and your crisis of health yeah beloved for any of you out there you're living in that isolated place where it's you and your struggle to have faith in god uh jason is not the exception uh to the rule jason is a man that loves jesus and is loved of jesus you agree brother and And the eye of faith can be turned toward a master who cares, yes, uh, a savior who redeemed us. And our lives count to God, and they count when we're living in faith. Yes. And yeah. if, as long as you have breath, you have purpose. Yeah, it's only the dead dog who doesn't have hope, right? Right. And then we've got hope that is eternal, that lasts beyond the heavens, you yes. know? And so... Praise God, our lives are not lost in no. the quagmire here of uncertainty. Our lives are being lived in the certainty that he is Lord. Yes. Do you agree? Absolutely. Well, we urge you to take heart. And yes. uh, uh, we have uh, the we got about two minutes here. So I, I just want to urge you that the place where your faith um, really meets with God is in prayer. And yes. like I said, you know, that prayer is most often most powerful when it is most quiet. That was a quote from a mentor that I never forgot. Yeah, that's good. Do you agree with that, brother? That, and you live that. Yes. In that. Well, it, he's, he's our personal Savior, and he's also our, our, our personal Lord, and he's, and he's always with us. 
it, it, when we're in the crowd, he's with us. But when we're in the the darkest place, he said he would be. He said, "I'll go with you, even to the end of the earth." He said, "If I make my bed in hell, I'll be there." That's a big it's statement, isn't big it? Big time, especially when you've done that. Yes. Yeah. And and so, really, it's the accuser who tells us God is not there, right? And that God does not care. I mean, that's the big. That's I mean, you think about what Job went through. And his friends trying to comfort him, you know, and he's trying to search his way. His wife, yeah, she's the biggest encouragement of all. Just curse God and die. But, hey, all of that comes down to God reminds us who he is, and he says, where were you, right? And And he is who he says he is. Yeah, and we can trust his love for us on a a level that is beyond our comprehension. That love is everlasting, unchanging. Beloved, today, look to him, trust that love that he has for you, and uh, look to him in your hour of need and, and believe that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. Yes. We appreciate that you guys would take the time to be with us and that you be encouraged in your faith that uh, he lives. And as, um, as Jason said, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your life counts because you are beloved of God, and thank God for you, and uh, join us again. Take care.